How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. It's Eric Erickson here. The the Associated Press wants you to know that Harvard president's resignation highlights a new conservative weapon against colleges. Plagiarism. (laughs) It's like, have have you realized, like, the, overwhelmingly, essentially, this this freak out over this seems to suggest like they've all been plagiarizing. They've been expelling students who got caught, uh, but the rest of them have been doing it. I, look, I, there's so much more to say on this, but there's so much other news out there. I got to move on. There is a developing situation. I'm going to come back to it. It's a very big story. I've been waiting for information to to flow out about it, but there's been a massive attack in Iran uh, as people were gathering to uh, memorialize Qasem Soleimani, who President Trump took out a couple of years ago, they were at his tomb and there's been a huge explosion. Hundreds of people are killed. Uh, I'm waiting to get more news information out of it. C- clearly an attack of some kind. We don't know what. Keeping my eye on the story as I get more information, I will update it. I have CNN on the background instead of Fox. And the reason is, one, because they actually have a news hour as opposed to the the the, the women with the guy in the chair of the show I've been on. Um, but it's I'm noticing the stories they're covering, and they're talking about the border several times. In fact, they're crying right now. It says, December border apprehensions highest in over two decades uh, as the GOP heads towards impeachment on Mayorkas. Uh, we'll get to that as well. But I got to start with uh, this story. This is from uh, the new news site, Semaphore. Terrible name. Shelby Talcott is the reporter. Here's the headline. Hispanic leaders warn Democrats voters are fed up with Biden. Now, let me read you part of this. President Joe Biden is headed into 2024 with concerning numbers among Hispanic voters. A new USA Today Suffolk survey shows him trailing Donald Trump by five percentage points, with many reluctant to back either candidate. While it's an especially rough poll, others have also shown him struggling to match his 2020 numbers with a key swath of the Democratic base. And Hispanic leaders say they're seeing the same problems on the ground. It's a matador red flag flying out there. The Hispanic vote is totally up for grabs. Domingo Garcia, national president of the League of United Latin American Citizens, told Semaphore, Trump's cutting the margins. And in battleground states like Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, that can be a big difference. Conversations with leaders of Hispanic groups and political consultants in both parties underscored Biden's difficult path forward. His challenges with Hispanic voters are not dissimilar to his problems with the broader electorate. Dissatisfaction over inflation, concerns about record high border crossings, and lack of excitement over his policy accomplishments. 
And even as he works to shore up border security with a potential bipartisan deal in Congress, members of his own party warn he could also lose support in November if an agreement ends up being perceived as overtly hostile to immigrant communities. Now, I'm going to stop here because I got... I, I, I don't just have thoughts on this. I have knowledge about this issue. There is a fundamental problem playing out on the left right now that I they don't seem to grasp it. When you live by race, you die by race. When everything is a race issue, you're going to get consumed by racial issues. The problem here is Democrats campaign on identity group politics. We see this playing out in the Claudine Gay situation. Hispanic Americans don't really consider themselves Hispanic Americans. The data, by the way, you, you go to a Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and stuff. Yeah, as an identity group, they call themselves the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, but they're Americans. They are Americans. They may come from Spain, Central or South America, the Caribbean. They are Americans. By the way, they're not really Hispanic. They're Mexican, they're Guatemalan, they're Honduran, they're Nicaraguan, they're Colombian, they're Venezuelan, they're Argentinian, they're they're Chilean. Uh, I mean, they're, they're Spanish. And then, of course, you have Portuguese as well and Brazilians in there as well who get lumped in. These are a mass pool of people who Democrats treat as a, a monolith, and they're not. Not only that, they have more in common with blue-collar workers. In fact, many of them are blue-collar workers. You know why Hispanic voters, and and again, I, I fall into this too, using this long term, but it, it makes it easy for the conversation. You know what I mean when we say these Hispanic voters. You know why they're upset about the border and, and immigration? Because the illegals are taking their jobs. Driving down wages. Many Hispanic voters in this country are blue-collar workers. You go to a hotel, they're running housekeeping. They, they might be running uh, room service. They're running or working for the landscape companies. They're working for the electricians, or they are the electrician. They are your plumber. They work in restaurants. They bust their butts. And you have somebody who didn't do what they did, that is come across legally and establish American citizenship, coming in, driving down wages in these blue-collar industries, taking their jobs, coming into their neighborhoods where they live, sometimes bringing drugs and crime, they don't like it. They do not like it. And then this idea that they're just all one set of people, they, they don't have their own issues, they, they don't have American issues, somehow they have Hispanic issues. These people, I, I got to tell you, 
They busted their butts to come to this country. Some of them came illegally, went back, established citizenship. A lot of them went and stood in line at the local American embassy, established a right to get here, became a permanent resident alien, became a citizen. They put in the work. They put in the time. They came here. They are some of the hardest working people you will meet. And they see the border being overrun with a bunch of people who didn't take the time to do what they did. And they're not happy with it. Of course not. They put in the work. And then you have a Democratic Party that wants to lump them all in. Oh, well, the issues of the Hispanic voter and the illegal immigrant are the same. No, the hell they are not. One's an American citizen and one is not. I assure you, they are different issues. The demeaning nature of how even the, the, the press, because the press is so into left woke speak these days, how they deal with these issues. That, oh, well, they're Hispanic. This is what they care about. No, they're Americans. This is what they care about. They care about crime in their neighborhoods. They care about a good job for their kids and a good education for their kids. And they, sure, more than any other group, Hispanic voters in this country are the most culturally conservative. And I assure you, they do not want drag queen story hour in their school, and they do not want boys competing against their daughters on sports teams. And Democrats have just lumped them all together. Oh, identity politics. It's identity politics. They are culturally oppressed by whitey, and therefore they and the transgender community live in sympathy together. No, 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 they don't. And you know the funny thing that the data shows and the data has shown for a very long time? The longer Hispanic families live in this country, they identify as white. And Republican. It's one of the funniest things about this. This is why I don't get worked up about the, the, the immigration issue. I mean, look what's happening. Immigrants in this country from Central and South America are moving to the right. I got a lot of people who listen to this show every day. They're going, oh, the Democrats are going to let these people come in because they want Democratic voters. I mean, you got a bunch of people in this country right now who, who would qualify for that, and they've become Trump voters. But the Democrats, like so many people on the right who are just horrified by, oh, my gosh, it's just going to be a new way. It's a great replacement. The Democrats are going to come in or the Hispanics are going to come in. They're going to start voting Democrat. <laughs> I mean, Democrats think that, too. But the reality is they're starting to vote Republican. And, of course, you know, it's this whole idea that, oh, they, 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 they don't have a message. Listen to this. This is, this is kind of funny. Um Going back to the semaphore piece, and this again, the, the, this Domingo Garcia from the League of United Latin American Citizens, Garcia told semaphore, the fear of a second Trump presidency and the prospect of dramatically stepped up deportations remains an asset for Biden, especially with women. But the president still hasn't figured out how to package his presidency in an appealing way. They lack a core message, and right now Latino voters are really concerned about economics. Inflation has eaten away their paychecks, the cost of rent. Trying to buy a house seems to be more elusive than ever. What? You mean they've got white people concerns? No, no, they have American people concerns. Javier Palomarez, president and CEO of the United States Hispanic Business Council, a leading advocate for Hispanic-owned firms across the U.S., criticized the administration's triumphal Bidenomics push arguing it's not reflective of what people on the ground are actually experiencing. I understand their need to create a narrative and to drive the narrative. It's a tried and true strategy that's worked for administration after administration, campaign after campaign. But 
The narrative they're building is one that is a bit tone deaf to what's actually happening in the Hispanic community. And I'm not even saying that they're incorrect. It's just remarkable. All the people quoted in this talking about these Hispanic issues and what it actually is, it's American issues. So many people have so embraced identity politics, particularly in the press and on the left, and they treat Hispanic voters as just a identity group. And because it's an identity group and it's not white, clearly it must be Democrat, and yet it's not trending that way. It's trending Republican, and they don't know how to deal with it because it defies identity politics. This gets back to that chart from the National Museum of African American History and, and what they consider to be whiteness. And the very the very first one is rugged individualism is whiteness. Independence and autonomy are highly valued and rewarded. Individuals are assumed to be in control of their environment. You'll get what you deserve if you work hard enough. You'll succeed. The individual is the primary unit. Self-reliance and the family structure that there should be a nuclear family with a father and a mother and children is the ideal social unit. That sounds like a lot of Hispanic families to me. And yet this is lumped in as whiteness. There's nothing to do with that. Democrats can't see beyond that, though. The fatal flaw for the Democratic Party right now is the identity politics that they've embraced, that black voters are homogenous, that Hispanic voters are homogenous, white voters are all a bunch of racists. Hannah Nicole, whatever her name is, Nicole Hannah, whatever, the 1619 Project, she's on social media talking about there's a difference between a racial black and a political black. You, you got to have both to be authentically black. You got to have both. This is the level of madness the left has descended to, and it plays out in the Hispanic community, the black community, the white community, the Asian community, across the board. And it's why they're beginning to lose these people, because they've chosen not to treat these people as individual human beings with souls who have passion and desire and ambition, but to lump them all in as classes and categories based on where they came from and the color of their skin. And so many of the people who would be labeled as Hispanic came here to be American, and the Democrats don't want to treat them as Americans. They want to treat them as an immigrant underclass who can't get ahead in this country when these people are some of the hardest working people you will ever meet who are thriving and getting ahead, but are somehow told they can't by Democrats, and they're beginning to resent that. All these people want is the American dream, and the Democrats have not only told them they can't get it, but they've made it impossible for them to get it. And now the Democrats can understand why these people might vote for Donald Trump, who they presume, the Democrats do, that these people would be scared of him. No, they remember Donald Trump's economy. They all had good paying jobs back then. Howdy. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. I don't know if you guys have heard. President Biden has decided he's going to address the nation on January 6th to remind everyone what a threat to democracy Donald Trump is. Uh, You and the Republican primary are being played. He's doing this to try to elevate Donald Trump 
a week or so before the Iowa caucuses uh, to try to make sure everyone turns out for Trump and supports him. The Democrats remember in 2022 quite successfully ensured the Republicans nominated the people they considered the most vulnerable to being beaten in the general election, and Republicans fell for it. They uh, lost a seat in Michigan because they picked the guy the Democrats wanted there. They lost the Pennsylvania Senate because the Democrats helped Mehmet Oz. Uh, The Democrats, well, the Republicans, they lost the Georgia Senate race with Herschel Walker. Democrats helped elevate him. They lost a number of House seats around the country where Democrats elevated uh, Republicans they knew independent voters would reject. And now they're doing this with Donald Trump. And you can say, well, they're going to fall into a trap and Trump's going to beat them. But they did a really good job in 2022 of getting Republicans to vote for flawed candidates that they didn't beat in the general election. And whether you think Trump can beat him or not, you should at least be aware that's what Joe Biden is doing here. Whether you think he can take Trump or Trump can take him, at least understand that Joe Biden is addressing the nation on January 6th to declare Donald Trump a threat to democracy in order to help Donald Trump in Iowa. It is an in-kind contribution, and it's not a coincidence. It comes a day after polling out of Iowa showed that Ron DeSantis' supporters are the most likely people to show up at the caucus. Even though Trump's ahead in the opinion polling, the DeSantis people are more likely to show up at the caucuses than Trump. And so Biden's got to go out and help shape the Republican primary and make sure Trump's the nominee because they're convinced they can beat him, whether they can or not. Now, I want you to beat a path to Vision Computers and let them build your computers. Laptops, desktops, they can build computers for you, my friends. Great computers. And then they can be your tech support. So you call Vision Computer when you got a question. Not even a problem. you got a question. How do I do this? Faster than a Google search. You'll have a special number you can call. Vision Computer will answer the number, answer the call, and give you the information. 15 seconds or less, they answer. And if they're swamped, they'll call you back. They actually call you back. We've had this happen at our house. We've got a Vision Computer. We're so happy with them. Uh, They do a great job. They build them. Now, they do this for your office as well. So if you've got 20, 30 people in your office, you don't want to be tech support, and you can't afford to hire an internal IT guy, you let Vision build your computers for you or pay them a small annual fee. They'll become your IT department. They're so good at this. Visioncomputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. 404-COMPUTE. Call them and tell them I sent you. You get an even better deal. Any one of you nationwide, call Vision Computers, 404-COMPUTE. Let them build your computers and be your IT geniuses. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. If you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. 
So I, I, I kicked up a hornet's nest, and I, I didn't mean to. Man, people get sensitive. I, I, you know, I, I got to read you. So yesterday I was making a point about uh, 2024 and the Trump, whether you like him or not, Donald Trump is off to the races. And you do have to understand that Donald Trump does fire up more Democrats than Republicans, according to the underlying fundamentals of all, all the polling that shows Donald Trump ahead that all the Trump supporters like to see. If you look at the underlying fundamentals shows, he actually incites more Democrats than Republicans. And, and so this is one of the things the Biden administration hopes that if Trump is the nominee, a lot of the people who are thinking they'll go third party, they'll stay home, they'll come vote for Biden. Now, whether they do or not, strategic decision, they probably have made a mistake in this. A lot of black voters and Hispanic voters may just stay home, and that helps Trump. But the Biden administration is convinced, unlike Haley or DeSantis, Donald Trump does more to inspire Democrats to turn out than any other politician in America. And you just need to accept that. So I I, I get a get an email from a guy, Shannon, who says, I don't really give a blankety-blank if you like Trump or not. Keep your blankety-blank opinion to yourself. I accidentally heard what you're saying a few minutes ago. Okie dokie. And, and then I got another one. From another dude who says, uh, I don't appreciate what you said about Donald Trump. Who, the blankety-blanket, you're you're a foreigner, man. Uh, Everyone gets tired of all your little blankety-blank. Some of you boomers are really, really sensitive. All I, first of all, I'm a talk radio show host. I give you my opinion, but two... Man, the selective hearing of people out there, you want to be offended. As I mentioned earlier, some of you really want to be victims. You want to think everyone's out to get you. You want to think, unless you're 100% with me, you're, you've got to then be 100% against me if you're not 100%. It is the most bizarre and helpful. It is the thinking of the woke progressives. You're doing yourselves no favors being bitter, angry old people. Um, emailing and leaving me voicemails, uh, just, and then you hear what you want to hear. Like, I mean, again, this is a point you've got to take to heart. The Democratic strategy, and they bragged about it in 2022, that they were going to go find Republicans they thought they could easily beat. They were going to ensure they got the Republican nomination, and then they were going to win. And guess what? It worked. It worked. Every single one of the Republicans the Democrats spent money to elevate lost, and the Republicans barely got the U.S. House as a result because the Republicans all went voting. Oh, if the Democrats hate this guy, they must be scared of him. We're going to go vote for him. And this is why Joe Biden is giving this January 6th speech. He thinks Donald Trump and the polls suggest, whether you like the polls or not, they rely on the polling. They rely on the data. And the polls suggest Donald Trump's the most vulnerable Republican. Whether you believe it or not, they believe it. Don't don't at me because you don't like that I'm telling you this is what the Democrats are openly telling people. They think he's the most vulnerable Republican, so they want to ensure he's the Republican nominee. So Joe Biden is going to give a speech on January 6th, the week before the Iowa caucus, to elevate Donald Trump. Why? Because this is a point everyone's been missing the polling in Iowa shows Donald Trump head and shoulders above every other person. But when you ask who's actually going to show up at the caucus, Ron DeSantis wins. Uh-huh. Did, have you heard that anywhere? 
This is the USA Today Suffolk polling and the Fox News polling are all showing this, that uh, the overwhelming majority of people in Iowa, Republicans say they want Donald Trump. Are you actually going to show up at the caucus? Overwhelming majority of DeSantis supporters say yes, not Trump supporters. That's why Biden's got to go motivate everybody. That polling has come out, and now all of a sudden Joe Biden's like, "Uh uh-oh, i got to go give Trump an in-kind contribution. i got to make sure he's the nominee. And again, don't be mad at me for telling you this is the Democrat strategy. Understand it's their strategy. They think – now, the hilarious thing is, remember, Hillary Clinton did this in 2016 too. The Clinton campaign bragged about they were going to do what they could to elevate Donald Trump. And the Republicans made him the nominee, and the Democrats patted themselves on the back. And what happened? <laughs> I mean, the same thing could happen. Don't be mad at me for telling you this is a Democratic strategy. Just understand. It's their strategy. This is what they're doing. They are worried about Trump in Iowa because the newest polling shows his voters. They love him, but they're not going to turn out the snow to vote for him. So Joe Biden's got to go make sure they do because they want to be the nominee. Now, Donald Trump could then become the nominee and beat Joe Biden. And then the Democrats, well, they would have fallen into their own trap. You can make that happen too. Just be aware that that is actually going to be what the Democrats are doing. And they've been open about it. Now, I got to move on to this news because this is actually pretty significant news um, that's coming out of the Middle East. More than 100 people have been killed in blasts at a memorial for uh, Qasim Soleimani. The first of two blasts hit around 2,300 feet from the tomb of Soleimani in the Kerman Martyr Cemetery, the semi-official news agency ISNA reported. It added the second explosion was 2,000 feet away. It sounds like, based on the reporting, there was an explosion about 2,300 feet away from Qasim Soleimani's um, grave. And so people ran away from the explosion, where then knowing people would be running in that direction, there was another explosion 2,000 feet away, killing the people who were running towards where that bomb was. No one immediately claimed responsibility, uh, which injured at least 140, one of the worst attacks in the Islamic Republic's history, Soleimani, who grew up in the city of Kerman, the regional capital of a province of the same name, was killed in Baghdad, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Now, this is coming out. This is happening now. This is breaking news happening. Germany has suggested that its citizens leave Lebanon immediately. This comes after the blast, uh, multiple blasts at a memorial for Qasim Soleimani in Iran, a separate country, Lebanon, controlled by Hezbollah, funded by Iran. This comes a day after an Israeli attack inside Lebanon, killing a member of Hamas. Now, here's the the earlier reporting has been updated. It was originally that there were going to be, there were a few dozen dead, now more than 100. It's two explosions we know. Iranian state television reported that the second blast, it occurred during the anniversary event An unnamed official told the news agency it was two explosive devices planted along the road leading to the cemetery detonated remotely by terrorists. Red Crescent rescuers tended to wounded people at the ceremony. Hundreds of Iranians had gathered to mark Soleimani's death. I heard a very loud sound and then felt pain in my back that I couldn't feel my legs, said a wounded woman. 
Other video aired showed Iranian media showing dozens of bodies strewn around. Some bystanders trying to help survivors, others hurrying to leave the blast area. Uh, the area has been evacuated. Now, we again, we have no idea who's behind this. Obviously, the immediate presumption from people is that it would be uh, the the Israelis or the Americans, uh, and it comes in large part because Lindsey Graham just can't keep his mouth shut. I've been saying for six months now, hit Iran. They have oil fields out in the open. They have the um, Revolutionary Guard headquarters you can see from space. Blow it off the map. Listen. Has Lindsey Graham ever met a country he didn't want to blow off the map? Uh, no puns intended there. Come on, uh, we're, we're not we're not going to stoop that low. That that's the, the left wing commentators have been all over Lindsey Graham. You know the 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 left believes that Lindsey Graham is closetly gay, and so whenever he does stuff like this, they blow. Oh, Lindsey Graham, wink, wink, nod, nod. No, bomb these countries. Lindsey Graham has he ever met a country he did not want to bomb? This is the problem. He said this over the weekend, and now there's these explosions in Iran. And so the Iranians say, oh, you have ranking Republican senator everyone listens to saying bomb us, and now we've been bombed. Guess it's the Americans who did it. I guess we'll get revenge. There's no ties to the Americans having done this. Lindsey Graham should keep his mouth shut on this stuff. I know people in the Senate who agree with him. We should take military action directly against Iran, but they're smart enough not to go on television and say it. And then something like this happens, and they want to say, well, it must be the Americans. Listen to Lindsey Graham. Dear Iranians, Lindsey Graham is a in the minority in the Senate, and Joe Biden doesn't listen to him. I doubt we're the ones who planted these bombs. We tend to launch missiles, not plant bombs. This could be a sign of internal turmoil within Iran and not even that the Israelis did it. The Israelis tend to send fighter jets and missiles too. But when you have Germans telling Germans they might need to start getting out of Lebanon, you have the situation yesterday in Lebanon with the Israelis. You have the situation today in Iran. It is a destabilizing situation. Concurrent to all of that, the U.S. coalition has essentially told the Houthis of Yemen that if you don't stop coming after ships, we're going to come after you hard. The Americans have built a coalition. Now, what's notable here is there are 12 nations involved in military operations in the Red Sea to stop the Houthi. Some nations are involved, and they do not want to be named. And the suspicion is these are some Middle Eastern nations. And the Iranians have now sent military vessels into the Red Sea to get in the way of the military coalition trying to stop the Houthi. We have a complicated situation, and now this gets me back to the raw politics of Joe Biden trying to elevate Donald Trump. There is no sure thing in politics. None. The Democrats have convinced themselves, based on the public polling, that Donald Trump is the easiest Republican to beat. When you have a war break out in the Middle East, when you have China begin its saber-rattling, we have a massive wave of illegal immigrants coming to this country, some of whom probably are terrorists. 
Can you really take the chance? Do you really wish to take the chance? Apparently, apparently, Democrats do. They're taking a chance. It is a very risky bet for the Democrats to do this, and yet that's what they're going to do. They've decided they want to play in the Republican primary. And in so doing, they want to shape the field and help Donald Trump because they're convinced they can beat him. When you, Joe Biden, set off war and economic turmoil and massive waves of illegal immigration coming across the border, I wouldn't be so sure this is what you get when you get in a progressive bubble where everyone amends each other and agrees with each other and no one is there to even say, wait a second, guys, is this really smart? Maybe we should stay out of it. But they can't help themselves. The arrogance of the left is one of their great many Achilles heels. They got plenty of Achilles heels, multi-footed Democrats between the identity politics and their their bubble of self-assurity. It is remarkable that they're about to get themselves. I mean, you can see it coming. You can see the train wreck coming for the Democrats, but you can't tell them otherwise because they are convinced of their own righteousness. One of the groups out there undermining the Democrats is Americans for Prosperity in state after state, city after city, town after town. Americans for Prosperity gets out of there, and they they do the work of the conservative movement, getting people to turn out to vote, to do door knocking, to support candidates, to support causes, to support sound policy. They want you on their side. They've got over 4 million activists around the country. They get them together, and they train them to be the absolute most effective activists on the ground. They teach you how to go to your state legislature, your city council, your school board, and advocate for school choice, school reform, charter schools. They teach you how to advocate for free markets and free people for deregulation. They do such a good job of it. They're training the warriors of the right. And they get into the states. They're willing to get their hands dirty. So many think tanks in Washington stay up there and send you a white paper. AFP gets into the states. They do the business of the conservative movement. They got over 4 million people on their side. They want you. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Go sign up with Americans for Prosperity today. Be really effective as a conservative advocate in this country. Hello there. Welcome. Glad to have you with me. 877-973-7425 is the number should you wish to be on the program. I, I, I'm assuming you all heard about Green Day. I'm not a huge Green Day fan. I, I was at a time. Um, when Green Day came out, they were punk rockers, but they weren't expressly, overtly, in-your-face political. And then when George Bush became president, they became overtly, expressly political. Well, they they got a song, and one of the lines is, I'm not a part of the redneck agenda. And for New Year's, the Dick Clark New Year's show, they changed it. I'm not a part of America. Um, the MAGA agenda. It was bad enough, the redneck agenda, because it was very clearly the, like, we're not a part of some conservative right-wing uh, group. And now the MAGA agenda, they expressly made it political. I, I, I You got conservatives outraged by it. Y'all, it's Green Day. It's what they do. It's why I don't particularly listen to them and tend to change the channel. They have one of the very few musical groups who have made it very clear their music is not for me. Now, the point here is that they are a group that has made it very clear that they don't want their music enjoyed by people like you and me. So why were they invited to be on stage at Dick Clark production? 
They are an exclusionary band. They specifically practice a brand of artistic exclusion where they do not want you, if you are a conservative, to share their their songs or enjoy them. They don't want you playing their music. So it's actually notable here that they were invited, uh, making it seem like this, this New Year celebration was not for you and me. What I find more notable is, for example, like CBS did its New Year celebration in Nashville, not New York. Country music, whether you like, there is some country I like, I really like the old school stuff. I mean, I, I wish Garth Brooks would just embrace streaming outside of Amazon and and put his music on iTunes or, or Apple Music and, and Spotify. Um, I, I, I love Reba McIntyre. My gosh, do I love Reba McIntyre. Uh, and, and some of the newer stuff, um, and some of the newer stuff is, is great as well. Um, like the the guys who really want to sound like old school country, not not the pop bro country stuff. I don't particularly care for, but it, it's it's a measure of notability. I think that CBS moved its New Year celebration to a place like Nashville as opposed to having it in a New York or a Los Angeles because country is more mainstream and more relatable, and also it's has more commonality now. So many rockers, uh, singers, musicians like Green Day want to be exclusionary want to not have their music embraced uh, by conservatives, and people in Nashville just don't care. Notable sign of the times. Um, but there's no reason to be outraged by Green Day. They like it that you're outraged. It's just kind of dumb. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.